What's up, team? This is Rod. I just want to give you a heads up. If you got any small children or sensitive adults in the room, this podcast has some pretty extreme explicit language like and or and so if any of those words get under your skin a bit, you might want not to listen to this one. But if you don't mind words like or then tune in because you're going to laugh your ass off. Think about quitting. It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, Buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Gentlemen, we are here tonight, and in this corner, we have the wizard. In this corner, coming back as a heavyweight contender and former UFC champion of the world, Marcus the Lone Survivor Latrell, and me, myself, in my own little corner. <laughs> I am coming back to you once again in a new dynamic fashion and manner, <laughs> David Rod Rutherford. <laughs> now, are you ready? Because tonight is the main event. We all lie. <laughs> How was it, dude? That was intense. I can't believe you didn't pop an aneurysm. Dude, that was awesome. Now I know why Bruce does it, dude. That felt great, dude. I got to tell you, I'm like, I'm on a whole new kind of high right now, bro. Oh, yeah. Dude, you've, you've been, you've seen it live, right? Yeah, he's one of them guys, I man, you can feel it. Like, he, I don't care what you're doing, even if it's all on the TV. When he, when he goes into that, you know something's about to, about to be a fight. Well, dude, t- walk me through your whole thing when you were there with Matt. And you went to the in the whole deal. What what did you feel? And then I'll share you mine when I was with Stefan. You're talking about from walking down the tunnel? Yeah, everything. Everything. If, you, if you've been in a fighter, if you're a fighter, even when you're walking down the tunnel, you see him getting ready and all that, that man, that energy. Yeah, bro. When you break through that curtain, it's like, come on. God. And that, the walk for those guys, I'm telling you, that was intense. Hey, especially if, if your opponent's already standing there looking at you, right? Oh, totally, bro. Like, it's on now. I mean, all the bullshit side, we're about to get it on right now. And as soon as you walk in that gate, and after the first punch is thrown in any fight, it's it's on, right? Yeah. All that, all that other stuff goes away. But just, man, that's that's what makes them pros and professionals, just the, the 
just to step in there, do that walk and step in there was insane. And then on the sideline, I'll never forget. Well, it was uh, Matt. Uh, it was Sa- it was Matt Saragin was fighting Matt Hughes, man, yeah. and me and Mike Tyson were uh, sitting beside each other at the <laughs> ring, and he was just cheering for uh, Sarah, and I was cheering for uh, Hughes. Yeah, and I mean, it was a dang. This by the time I was done, my Marcus, voice was as high. Yeah, no. I was like, <laughs> I yelled out. We were standing over the top of each other, <laughs> and, and every time they would go back and forth. I mean, it was the uh, it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed enjoyed that immensely, man. What a trip, dude! It, it's insane. It's so intense. Then stepping into the ring, you know, when they when he won, I just, I can't believe he did let me do that with him. That's that, cool. He's, That's super cool. Matt, thank you again for that, brother. And I know you're going through your healing process now. You got hit by a train. Oh my God! I didn't know that. Back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's doing better. God bless we're getting him. Back. Yeah, he's yeah. tough. Hell, old train couldn't even kill him. That's that's pretty. Uh, my my experience was similar. It wasn't as big a fight or anything, but. It, you know, being there and working with Stefan, my job was actually to get it, help him get back in the ring. He'd gone through some challenges, and I remember being in the back and feeling it build as his fight was coming up, and then getting in there and walking down that tunnel and the energy of the crowd. And man, it's a beautiful, amazing thing. And I think one of the, you know, just my hats off to all the fighters that are out there and whatever you're fighting in, whether you're you know, my the guy I roll or who my master trained me, Renato Traveras, and him doing in the world champions and IBJFFFJJJ, whatever it is, you know, that <laughs> or it's the UFC or it's professional boxing, man. It really is amazing. And when you think about it as the bigger it gets, the more intense the 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 spectacle of what the theatrics involved. I mean, God bless Connor McGregor and and Floyd Mayweather for what they're getting into. I mean, this is this right, is amazing. Well, talking about mm. when those guys get in there, it's not who who the better fighter is. Who makes the mistake? I mean, it's literally a chess match. Some guys are so good, and so and mm-hmm. favorites when not. Oh, uh, you know, in a cage you may be a badass, but there's a street fight. I'd whip their ass. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you won't. No, yeah. you won't. No, you wouldn't. No, buddy. you won't. Because I'll tell you this right now: uh, they gotta follow the rules in the ring. They get outside the ring, and there's no rules. Man, they get all kinds of creative with the crap they can do. To you. <laughs> it ain't pulling the haymaker no, and that spinning roundhouse that they don't yeah. even know where it's going. Right. <laughs> well, to take this to the next step, where you can actually be, we are so privileged and so blessed this week to have this man. Take time out of his, I I can't even imagine how much stuff he has on his plate, what he's got to do, how many phone calls a day, Uh, just the the magnitude of the McGregor-Mayweather flight is the biggest pugilistic event in human history, and our guest is at the top of that food chain on making it come to fruition. And now before I cross over and jump in, we start talking about a little bit about him. I first want to give a shout out to the man that made it possible. And that's Mr. Lex McMahon, who's the, who runs Titan FC down in Southeast, man. Lex is a former Marine two tours to Somalia. I mean, this guy is a, a dedicated guy helping veterans, but Man, we were together, and, and he looked at me, because I had long time said, hey, Lex, man, you know, would, would you mind if, you know, would you mind? Because Lex used to manage like 40 hmm. fighters in the other Would you mind if you, could you text Dana sometime to see? You know, and, and then I just dropped it. I never brought it up. And then we're, right. we're out together a couple of weeks ago before I came out, and 
dude, he goes, hey, bro, look at this. And he shows me a text, and it's him. And it, and I see, you know, hey, my good buddy, Dave Rutherford, he does a podcast with Marcus Luttrell, another Navy SEAL. They got a great thing. Would you like to be on the show? They'd really like to have you. And then one word answer, yes. And I and he goes, I'm here. He did that. And, and he's <laughs> the one who got us Missy Franco, too. I, I, I go, dude, who's cool. that? He goes, that's Dana White. I go, what? And then he goes, yeah, for next week. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, dude, relax. Thank you. You're the man. All right. Yeah, you are, buddy. Dana White. What in your mind, Marcus, makes Dana Dana White? He's sure knowing how, what he stands for and, and found what he loves to do, right? And turn something which only a handful of us kind of entertained in the beginning anyway right. is the first ufc to take something sport yeah exactly it was <laughs> man it was just kind of like get in there and, and to, to see what it was and the opportunity uh that he had with the fertitas when they stepped in what two mil they yeah, bought it. i two think mil. they bought two they mil right bought, they bought yeah. it for and uh to turn it what into what it is and how it's grown and and the just the fans across the board i mean you got people who don't know the first damn thing about fighting they'll be watching this fight they'll show up to it i mean that's it's oh my god yeah I remember being a oh, yeah. junior guy in the teams and those coming out, man. And we were all like, yes, finally something that's true combat, right? I mean, it was infectious, bro. And I remember Dan Severin used to train in San Diego. A bunch of dudes from the UFC would down. A lot of team guys would train. Well, back in the day, it was that age's age old question. It was the matchups that you always talked about, but you never actually saw. And now you got Kung man. Fu versus Karate. You've that got Sumo so epic, versus yeah. Jiu Jitsu. That you know that was uh, fascinating. It is fascinating. The dynamics. Who's better? You know what's even more intriguing to me though about it is that because of that, because of, you know, the concept of thrusting these styles together, right, in this, com in this cage, which is so cool in and of itself, all of a sudden, what happened? They started to discover what works best. I was going to say it evolved. Exactly. All those years of everything from boxing and all the headbutts and, you know, this is better, that's better, who knows, what's this, that, and the other, man. Put it together, Megan. Let's just hmm. see, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's the same kind of deal. I think of think of our tactics. Genius. I love that. You know you what said I mean? That. The parallel there you, you can't ignore. But from when we really got started with everything back in two thousand one until where we are today, the progression, the evolution, the distilling down of what is effective, and the hard truth of what's not effective. <laughs> you know, and eliminating. Bro, I, I was a baby, a product of that, dude. We were, dude, in 1998, 99, we were still doing land warfare stuff that was reminiscent from the Vietnam War, bro. And, you know. Well, because we, there was no, like, significant period of trial by fire for it, right? Exactly. Long gap. Long exactly, gap. dude. And, and, like, I remember it was like, you'd get the one platoon from the East Coast that maybe, you know, do it an op and, and, Bosnia, you might get the Team 3 platoon that took down yeah, a ship. Take a down ship BBSS, they, like yeah, they're like, dude, they took a ship down. No shots were fired, but but dude, they did it so awesome. You know? <laughs> first deployment after 60 of them, I don't want to ever do another one of those ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for me, what it was about it, it was, it was the allure of that. But it took a guy like Dana to really see the potential, I think, 
And to be able to navigate and guide this, right? Remember the big thing was getting approval by all the commissions and that they, you know, is too gory, is too bloody, fans couldn't, it was too violent, all this. Never and, be a woman in the UFC. Oh, uh, all that. I mean, it's, everything has changed and evolved and, and quickly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. John McCain, I believe, called it human oh, yeah. cockfighting yeah, back. Cockfighting. Uh, <laughs> that, that's like for us, that'd be like ma- a badge of major honor. backlash. Yeah, it was a Bill O'Reilly was sla- everyone. Everybody. Everybody, man. Cretans. Cretans and Neanderthals yeah. beating each Some other. Kind of, you know, this barbaric sideshow spectacle. And, and now, and now the biggest pugilistic event in human history. And Dana is very significantly responsible for making this happen, for turning the UFC into a $4 billion business that they sold recently, but he's still involved. And to bring this thing to fruition, man, it's like it's the next evolution of it, right? It's finally to say, all right, you know, and granted, listen, I love the purity of boxing. I think it's wonderful. But man, what a glorious thing that Connor has the the schutzpah, the cojones to get in the ring with. I mean, Marcus, you were saying Floyd Merriweather's quite possibly one of the best boxers ever. Yep, I agree. He's been around. Be a good one. I mean, anybody can talk all the crap they want about Floyd or whoever, man. But, hey, look at that record, right? Record speaks for itself. Everybody complains about how he fights. He slips back in the defense as soon as he starts taking some heavies. Man, that's a fight is you're going to have to figure that out. You're going to have to whip that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, that, I that's do. the thing that blows me away. I was horrible at defense. That's why I got and, uh, beat up a lot. Yeah, just, I'm going to be beating him. I'm going to be hitting you with my face. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that movie? He's like, God, man, it looks like you've already been in a fight. You face hurt? I ain't going to be hitting you with my face. <laughs> what a great line. Awesome, dude. Awesome. You know what I think it's so cool, you know, doing the research and studying up on him, is you've got this dichotomy of a guy who, and we, and we all know people that are in the fight game in that world, they all have this survival instinct. Good point. It's just endemic to it. There's a great point. There's an intensity. There's a, an aggressiveness to it that you have to have just to exist in that world. But then, obviously, you can't be a knuckle-dragon fool and build an organization like that. So he's had to exist in it by having the, the, the one, but also has to be an intelligent the business. The business acumen. businessman. I mean, it is because At you're... Same time. I mean, remember when you're trying to do sporting events and you're getting 2,000, 1,000 people in a, in a... You know, that's tough. You're grinding, man. You know, it wasn't like it was Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey, the first fight, right? I mean, he had to oh. build this business. And it's still a grind. I mean, you like right around the corner where I'm from is American Top Team. It's, you know, one of the top training. Yeah, so yeah, they, I love them guys. They're, they're phenomenal. They have, they and they, you know, but I go in there with Lex and we watch these fighters and they're grinding these kids to for their one crack, one shot, just to be seen, just to get it. And everybody is thinking that everybody is in the grind. And then that's at least for me, why I am so fascinated before you, when I was in the teams before I was like, I love the combativeness of it, the warrior culture. I love that. And I think there's an assimilation between us and them. And I think that's why we can hang out with them and get along. But now it's really from a more mature perspective that here these guys are dedicating their lives and Dana's giving them this vehicle for and 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 
to prove themselves mano a mano against another man to see if you have what it takes, Marcus. You know, that's some cool stuff. That's about as real and as primitive as it gets, right? Me and you, hand to hand, get in here. <laughs> and I think that's why, the, you know, you go to an event and they're different than any, in my experience, they're different than any other sporting event you go to. There's just something in the air that's that primitive intensity. Yeah. Presence you can, of death. You can it. feel it. Yeah. You can feel it. It's a, it's a totally different environment. That's why when somebody's whole face is split open, they're like they're getting their head bounced off, and the dude's in the mount and just going ape, you know, on his head, and you're screaming. You're like, yeah, you're unlocked of a primal place that mm. that every other aspect of our society, of our culture, is trying to suppress in a me in a significant way. Mm. And I think because of that suppression, you're seeing, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, because of that suppression, you see a lot of unrestrained, misdirected violence happening out there. People are frustrated. If you, mm. if you had a greater way, a place to redirect that violent thing that's in all of us, that fight or flight, that survival, the, the amygdala's firing, the limbic system going big. That energy. Yeah, that, that energy into a space like the UFC or... Or regular, you know, the the WBC or all the other things. I mean, it really is healthy. That's like when I have young kids that are struggling to find, kind of find their place. Stuff, man. The first place I send them is to a jujitsu joint. Hmm. Go, go, fight. Go test yourself. Go discover yourself, confident. And Marcus, I know you've been involved they, in when, when, martial when we arts. Talk forever. about that. Yeah, for long. Well, my whole life. But people think when. In order to go to an MMA class to, to learn some self-defense, you have to learn how to fight and actually be that good. <laughs> that, 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 you're talking about pros, man. Right. It's just a matter of you, you learn so much about yourself when you – not just the fact that you have to get into a fight. I'm not saying that, but when you can defend yourself because you know what your body's capable of. You actually learn how much pressure you can take, how much stress you can take on your bones, mm -hmm. what, what, what that can handle. And then the person across from you, you realize, man, it's not a monster or some, something that's going to annihilate it's another human being. That in itself provides a, a level of, of mental focus that you don't have if you Anywhere can't do else. that. Yeah. I, I was scared. Of, I mean, I was not scared. Well, I guess I was scared. You know, that fear that, oh, oh me man, too. kind of deal. But once you kind of figure it out, it propels you. It, it propels you into the fight. And I think that's why, if you're listening, this is your first time to our show. Thank you so much for showing up. You picked a doozy. I promise you that Dana White is going to blow you away with the way he looks at life, the way he attacks, the way he fights in order to do what he does and, and create what he has in the UFC. And you're going to learn a ton. Man, if you're repeat. And you're coming back, man. Stand by, because this is going to be awesome. I am telling you, I am so fired up that for this show. It's perfect timing. It's going to get you fired up for the weekend, man. Listen, this is what it's about. This is a, the never quit attitude, man, at its finest. Figurative, literally, getting into the fight. So if you struggle with that, if you're struggling with figuring out what it takes to be able to get up and fight for what you believe in, fight for what you have faith in, fight for those you love, this is the show for you. And if you want to know more, we'll see more of our shows or know more about us, go visit our website at tnqpodcast.com. You can listen to our shows there. 
All right, if not, and you want to do it on demand on your cell phone, go ahead and go to the iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or SoundCloud. iTunes, just search Team Never Quit Podcast, subscribe, and you have us on demand. You can listen to me talk in your ear and rattle your brain whenever you want. You can get Marcus's Pearls of Wisdom and the Wizard's Genius any day of the week and twice on Tuesdays. All right. So are you ready, Wizard? I'm ready. Are you ready, Marcus? I'm ready. So let's get ready to rumble! Let's get ready! That's not even the right dude. That's not even Bruce, Dude's, is it? No. Man. It's God, what a dude. horrible way to get into this. Dude, are you but serious? I, I know I messed up and I met Bruce before. I feel Wait, horrible about it. Oh, that's what, yeah, exactly. All right, so let me I, I can't You've even, done far better in the past. I know I have, but I just I'm busting at the seams, gents, because this is a big, big, big humongous deal, right? And right. I'm so fired up. Not only because this is the one of you know, the biggest sporting event in human history is coming up, and he's a part of it, but also because this guy built, he changed the face of sport as we know it. He changed the face of sport and combat pugilistic sports as we know it, and that fires me up, Mark. It doesn't fire you up like it fires me up. Right, this is one of the, the guests, remember I said, I was like, hey, I don't know if we're doing pretty good if this guy shows up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we had like four or five guests were like all right if mark comes on we're doing good if we can get dana on we're doing good and if we can get the rock so dana you're number two in that hot top tier so ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages mr dana white thank you for coming on bro Thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate it. And what a great introduction. <laughs> hey, yeah, I you think you can say, let's get ready to rumble for this one because, you know, we're, we're doing a boxing match in two weeks. So ah, we, could, we could say, let's get ready to rumble. All right, yeah. so I'll close the you show with that. Great yeah. point. No, no, that's a great point, man. <laughs> that's right. We are. We're, we're, we're blurring. We're, we're shattering the lines right now. You guys are. I'm so fired up about that. All right, Dana, before we get into the meat of, of the show itself, we all always like to warm up we like to we like to hit the bag a little bit you know punch up our our gray matter a little and we start with something called the mad minute now these questions in in our world like when we wrap up someone on our target and we need some more intel you know we'll get some good questions in them and get some file on into no butt strokes here but it's all about getting some good intel out here so are you ready to go for the mad minute i'm ready let's do this shit marcus fire away bro. all right brother what was your first car a total piece of shit. It was, uh, <laughs> my first car was a, oh God, what was it? it? I don't remember what the, what make it was, but let me put it to you this way. It had a rust hole on the floor that you could actually put your foot outside the car. Slow down. I'm thinking slow floor. down. Flintstone in it. Well, oh, and yes, also be exactly. able to drop your beer out if the cops are pulling you over. You could actually crawl out and get out if the police pulled you over. Trap door. It was your own escape hatch. I love it. Dude. All right, wizard, fire away. All right, in a fight to the death, a domestic house cat and a one foot, one foot tall, one foot tall gorilla. I'm going with the gorilla. I, it <laughs> makes day. more sense. 
Although certain house cats can get mental, you know, if they've been cooped up or beaten at all. That's oh, yeah, but, but <laughs> gorilla, out. I don't care how big the gorilla is. Gorilla strength. I'm going with the gorilla. I love it. All cool. right. All right. Best vacation destiny on the planet. Um, Bora Bora. 100% Bora Bora. I love oh. that place. Even though I've never been, I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, Trust me, it's any, incredible. Anybody who's been there says Bora Bora, dude. Anyway. And it is beautiful. So, so it's, it's where they have those huts in the water, oh, yeah. right? You literally open your back door and jump in the water. It's incredible. Oh, that's it. I'm mm. going. I'm going. All right, go, Marcus. All right, what was the last thing that you did or that happened to you that you were glad no one was looking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Let me think. The last thing that happened to me that I was glad nobody was looking. I just had one. That's why I brought oh. this up. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, the, the, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head like that, so you know the weigh-ins, you know, we oh, do yeah. the weigh-ins yeah, yeah, yeah. in the mm-hmm. public, so we were doing weigh-ins for a massive fight, stadium is packed, people are going crazy, it's on TV, I start running up the stairs and I missed one and uh, <laughs> literally face-planted on the stairs. That's what I'm, ta- that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. whole world. <laughs> I, just, I literally just laid there for a minute and said, holy shit. Kid, this just happened. The whole the whole place was cracking up, busting up, laughing, and uh, I did a push up, got myself say, back up. And, and, My man, yeah. I knew you did the push up. I knew it. So I didn't have one where nobody was watching. The world was watching when I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole new level. Get that push up in there. I was oh, down here anyways. I'm good. I'm good. All right, I love it. Wizard. All right, if you were forced to tattoo something on your forehead, you've got no choice. But you're able to pick what it is. What would it be? That's tough. Tattoo something on your forehead. Forced to tattoo something on your forehead. You can pick what it is. That is a tough one. I would probably put fuck you on my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Death dealer, you know, God sent me or something like that. Something to just really keep people at bay. (laughs) You don't give a shit about anything if you're getting tattoos on your forehead. (laughs) You might as well go all the way. It's one of those things, you know, muscles, oh, uh, you know, scars. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how tough, everything you do to look tough. When a dude strolls in with that one, you know, he's had some r- a rough time. That's you know, full rough. commitment. That's that is it, full bro. commitment. <laughs> all right, all right. Exactly. You've got, what's one thing on your bucket list that you want to bang out? <laughs> I love how that sounded. <laughs> is, is that the question like it sounds? Uh, Listen, there, you, can, you feel free to answer that question you however you like. You frame it any way you want, Dana. I think you know what I meant. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, you know, you know, it's kind, it, it's kind of weird. Uh, I, I'm I'm not big in you know I've I I have friends that are celebrities and stuff like that, but I'm not into the celebrity thing. The only guy on earth that I would love to sit down with, have lunch, talk for, for, for 45 minutes, an hour, and it's the one thing on my bucket list, the only thing that I really care, I'd like to meet Clint Eastwood. Oh, dude. Um, that would be cool. I'd love to for pick sure. his brain for an hour. Can you imagine that? A guy that his yeah. career has, expanded, has been as expansive as that, and the movies. I mean, to, to be sitting across from Josie Wales would be you're right that's epic uh, i got a chance to meet him too no, not spending any time but uh, same thing in my head because that's what rolls i mean hell he's been with us our whole lives 
Right? Exactly. And I don't want to just meet him and shake his hand. I want to sit down and I want to talk to him for an hour. Mm. You know what I mean? I just Mm -hmm. want to talk to the guy and and do a lot of listening. You know? And, and, you know, Clint Eastwood's getting up there. He's in in his 80s now, you know? So... It's just a bucket list. That's that's one of my bucket list. That's cool. That's good. All right, Marcus. Last question. Fire it away, Adam, bud. And that was just. I've been thinking about Clint. I want to be sitting. I've, I like my bucket list is to be sitting behind you listening as well. <laughs> Eavesdrop. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, I got. What's your favorite superhero, brother? My favorite superhero is Deadpool. Awesome. You know, I dig that. For sure. And I'm convinced that that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's him in real life. Like, if he had those superpowers, exactly how he was acting. He nailed that role, boy. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, incredible. <laughs> yeah, he was born do for you, that. Do you know the story of that? Do you know the story of, 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 of Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool? No. No. Please tell. So, so Ryan Reynolds is a huge Deadpool fan, right? right? Now, I don't know if you remember in, like, I think it was the Wolverine uh, X-Men. He played Deadpool. Right, and it was a, it was a weird version of Deadpool, uh, and fans yeah. of Deadpool went crazy and were blasting him, and he was so bummed out by it um, that he he went to the movie studios and he wanted to do Deadpool, and and you know those all those movies, the budgets on those movies are like two hundred and fifty million dollars, and nobody would give him the money because they said there's never been an R-rated superhero movie, and we don't think it'll do well, right? Right. So he's out there, he's working. He's working. Finally, they gave him $65 million. They said, here's $65 million, go make it. He made Deadpool. The movie made almost a billion dollars. Uh-huh. So he killed it. He killed the character. He killed, oh, the, you know, killed it at the box office. And you know, it, it, it just took Ryan Reynolds to a whole nother level in Hollywood. Oh, well, every and little, and throughout the film, the nuance is like, it was like we could, couldn't get any more X-Men out here or the budget or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, because I, I have a little snarky bit comments. Yeah, a time in that world, too. So I kind of under when you can pick that stuff up, those little quips, man. Well, uh, my favorite part is that he nailed the, the whole special ops mentality. Because that's us, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. We are a bunch that of snapper head assholes to people every chance yeah. we get. And that, but we also like to kick ass, right? So he, that's what I loved about it. He crushed that, man. That's yeah, that, awesome. That movie was incredible. Made that movie for 65 million bucks. That, that's even better. That's even, uh, all right. So that is the Mad Minute, Dana. Thank you so much. But let's get into why we're here and why people come. We have listeners all around the world that are sitting there wondering how they're going to move into that next place where they can really face adversity, overcome obstacles, have their ass kicked day in and day out, but still stay in the fight. And so if you could, Dana, would you please share with our listeners your greatest never quit story or stories? I would say, you know, obviously, the, you know, one of the greatest never quit stories for me is is building the UFC and, and, and being involved in the UFC. And it still is today. I'm still involved in it. You know, um, you, you have to every day when you get out of bed, you got to be ready to kick fucking ass every day you get out of bed, because no matter what. What, what you do in life or, or life throws shit at you every day. Every day, life tries to make you quit. And uh, if you're not the type of person that just gets up and eats that fucking shit for breakfast, it'll eat you alive every day. All the little things in life will, will eventually, you know, bust you up and break you down. 
and make you want to quit. But if you w- truly want to be, uh, you know, happy, and by happy, I think that when you're successful and good things happen to you every day, those are the things that make you happy. You have to get up and you have to you have to fight. You have to fight every single day. <clears throat> I am so focused. Listen, I I mean, pe- people call me all the time and say, you know, I just made a lot of money. Um, you know, when, when, when the sale of the UFC happened, but I made a lot of money before the UFC sold. They're like, how do you get up and go to work every day? How do you get up and do this? Number one, because I love to compete. Number two, because I love to win. And number three, because I love to kick fucking ass every day when I wake up until I go to bed at night. That's why. There's a pattern there. Did you, is there a pattern there? There is. It's a definitive pattern. What I want to know, Dana, is when did that start in you? I mean, was it something that you were taught? Were you were you nurtured in the ass kicking mentality <laughs> of of parenting? When, when did it start? And when did it start? Like, I mean, that's passion I'm hearing in your voice, which I love. When did it start? I was I, I, so my last real job that I had, and by real job I mean where you drive into work and bumper to bumper traffic every day. You go into a job that you hate just for a fucking paycheck. And I was 19 years old. I was working at a hotel in Boston. It was a great job. I made good money. I had benefits. I had all the things that you're supposed to love, you know, uh, in that job. Mm-hmm. But I was standing around in there going, what the fuck am I doing here? This, this is not me. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And, when, you know, unless you take risks, you know, life is all about taking risks. If you're not truly able to get out and take a risk, there is absolutely no reward in life. And it's a fact. Um, so, so for everybody who, who's sitting in a mundane job that they absolutely hate, get up. Get the fuck out of there and go do something you love. And, and probably one of the dumbest ideas in history, I walked out of this job when I was 19 years old and I said, I want to be in the fight business. <laughs> you know, I don't care if I make any money or whatever. I want to be in the fight business. That's the dumbest idea ever. Right? It's this, people looked at me like, right. holy shit. Yeah, good luck to you, pal. Uh, have a good one. And I, I, I literally went out and every day when I got out of bed, I focused on, on, on learning as much as I could about the fight game, about the business and, and, and getting involved. And, you know, obviously it worked out for me financially, but I never got into it for it to work out for me financially. Financially was never, mm. was never the plan. If, if that's what I was in the it byproduct. for, I might as well just stayed in the hotel. I was 19. I made good money. They had a 401k plan. I had great health benefits and all that bullshit. But that's, that's not mm-hmm. what I was in it for. Yeah, when you live your life and see what you want to do and you follow it, the money is the byproduct. Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. The money happens. If you do what you love to do and you do it better than everybody else, the money just happens. Uh, dude, I remember at, at the eight-year mark in the teams, I was making $32,000 a year, <laughs> and I was happier than shit. I was like, are you kidding me? This is, I'm getting paid to do this? Yeah, because everything we do, you, you, I mean, you can't put money into that, right? No. And you have to physically get out there and get in it and enjoy it. And that's the same thing with the fight game. And that, that, that was an interesting point because a lot of people are scared to leave something that they're comfortable in to chase a passion that they that they think they or they know that they'll love. And they're... 
He nailed it with the it's risk. The risk life component. without risk You're is just, absolutely right. There is no there is no reward in life without taking risk. You know, and, and at the end of the day, what you really want, what you really want out of life, you know, everybody says, "I want a million dollars. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to." No, you don't. You want to be fucking happy. At the end of the day, you want to be happy. It's the most important thing in life is to be happy. The most important thing in life isn't to be rich. The most important thing in life isn't to be famous. It's to be happy. And when you jump out of bed every fucking day and you're like, God damn it, I can't wait to get to work, you're fucking happy. I love it, dude. Yeah, man. I love it. My dad would always say, you, you, they, you want to get out and you make a million dollars, what are you going to do with it? You get out and you make a million memories and you save a dollar from each, right? And then you, when you That's get there, you, cool. you go back and live out the good, the good times, the good memories. I, I love it. Look. Guys, think about this. Some of the happiest times in my life, I was fucking broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was flat broke. And, 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 it's, and I look back on those times in my life, some of the happiest memories I have are when I was hanging out with my friends, doing what I love to do, and I was broke. Money had nothing to do with it. I love that. Uh, you always, always the good time when you're out there and you're poor with your buddies and you're doing what you love, man. It's kind of funny. The money just, yeah, man, we had enough to have the good time. It, it doesn't matter. Doesn't it matter, becomes yeah. real. One of the things, like, we had, well, we had Peter Berg on, and I want to just change to go back to that position where you walked away, you got in the fight game. We had Peter Berg on, and he talked about in going into movie business and doing every single job, the, whether it was the shit jobs or whatever, and learning the business, can you describe as you left, walked out of the hotel and you picked up, what was it you did and what did you have to learn in order to become who you are today in the fight business? What he said is exactly right. I did everything. First of all, I fought. I ran a gym. I worked corners. I carried spit buckets. I refereed fights. I did everything that you could possibly do in the fight game to learn every aspect of the fight game. And there's a guy named Peter Welsh in uh in boston massachusetts and he was like a legend as far as fighting went boxing and he was a street fighter he used to fight in the streets all the time all that shit i literally i didn't know the guy you know and right. he's a scary fucking dude right <laughs> so i i went out and found him i was chasing this guy all over town and finally i caught up with him and i said hey i know this sounds weird and crazy but i want to get into the fight business and i I, I, I just want to, uh, I want to learn everything you got to teach. Uh, we, we he fucking brought me in and he was like my, my sensei, as far as the fight game went, mm. this guy took me under his wing and taught me everything. And then when I ended up leaving him, I came back to Las Vegas and jumped back into the fight business on my own. I started managing guys, training guys and, and all of that stuff. And, uh, you know, that was basically my road to getting here. Believe me, there wasn't a lot of money. There wasn't, uh, you know, all the things. But I'm telling you, every day I went and hooked up with this guy, I loved it. Well, that's one of the coolest things, I think, about the fight game. And, and I have this very small, I got a little window. You know, Lex hooked me up with Stefan Struve when he came back in and uh, back from his injuries. And, and I remember being in Arizona for that, that UFC bout. And I remember seeing, man, the determination and the grit and the pain and the process of getting there for all of these guys. What I'm hearing for you, it's across the board. It's everybody in, involved is fighting to make it happen. Is, is, it's like a cultural thing. It, it is a part of the culture. Can you describe why that culture is so critical in the fight game? 
Yeah, it's, it's just, well, let me put it to you this way. There are, and I'm sure you guys know guys like this too. So fighters have a different mentality, okay? They're not built like the rest of the you know, population. They're completely different, man. They, they, they don't care about a job. They don't want to sit in cars and, and go sit in fucking cubicles every day. They, they want to conquer. They want to train. They want to test themselves against other men and women who have trained just as long and just as hard as mm. they have, and they will walk into a fucking cage or a ring in front of the whole world and let it all out right there and throw down, you know, when you win, it's the highest of highs. When you lose, it's the lowest of lows. There's a very small, you know, we, I was talking about this with some people earlier. This guy's like, man, for a million dollars, I'd get in there and fight him. No, you fucking wouldn't. You wouldn't do it for a million dollars. Shut the fuck up. You're, you're absolutely wrong and you're full of shit because everything it takes to get up to that moment where you walk out of that mm. fucking tunnel, get locked into a cage with another man, and you're about to fight in front of 20,000 people live and millions of people on the rest of the planet, no, you wouldn't for a million dollars. That I promise you. Because um, these people are wired and built different than everybody else on Earth. And, and it's the same thing. So I'm very into um, military and law enforcement. Cool. We support them big time. Oh, yeah. Financially, you know, me and my old partners, the Fertitas, have donated millions of dollars to Wounded Warriors and, and, and um, the uh, uh, Fisher Foundation. You know the Fishers? Yeah. And, you know, we, we've, we've been big donors, and I've donated lots of money here locally to the, to the to law enforcement. And uh, so I went down to the, to the Fisher house, and I've been to the what, – what's the, the place out in, uh, on the East Coast – where you go in and you visit the, the, the wounded troops. Um, like a Walter Reed? Walter, Walter Reed. Reed. Walter Reed, yes. Thank you, guys. Walter Reed. And I went in to this room, and this guy was an amputee. And uh, you're not going to believe it, but his name was fucking John Wayne. And, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. He, he was sitting there uh, with, 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 with a, you know, he's an amputee, and he had a prosthetic. And his wife, beautiful woman, and his two daughters, beautiful girls, are sitting on the floor, and this guy's telling me stories about being there. He's like, I'm going back. I'm fucking going back, man. Let me tell you what, you can kick fucking doors in with one leg, and I'm going back there. And da, 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 da. <laughs> that uh -huh. fucking guy was put on this earth to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A lot of people oh, like yeah. to talk tough and, and, and all this other shit and fucking da, da, da. How many fucking guys want to go back with one fucking leg over there to the Middle East and fucking go through that shit again? Very few fucking people. That guy was put on this earth to do that. Fascinating. When, when I meet people like that, I'm, I'm super fascinated by that. We, well, I can yeah. truly attest to, the, to the, how much you guys do for the military. I've seen it. I mean, right when I first got out, the Fertitta, if a lot of people don't know who they are. If you do, well, that's good. You should, man, because they're awesome. Those guys, man, they're top of I can't say enough about them, man. They've done so much for me and my family and for our organization, and so is Dana and, and, and what they do, and it's kind of the behind the scenes. Hell, with the fights, man, they throw them on the bases for us. And in that world, in, in, in the collective, like we say, man, it's one degree difference from what the guys who are in the cage and, the, and what we do. I mean, they, they learn how to fight with their bare hands. You don't think we can teach them how to fight with a weapon? And, I mean, they are, they are the weapon, right? When you put something in their hand, that's just an extension of it. And to walk out of that tunnel 
I, I've got a chance to do that with Matt and a couple of the guys to head in the octagon. I was so stressed out, and I wasn't even fighting. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. That, that is some juice right there. You yeah, train dude. the whole time just to get the stones to walk into the cage. Because you're in there, you know how to fight, right? That's right. there. It's a chess match. Who screws? Dana, if I screw this up, please tell me I'm wrong. But, uh, man, that's that's some weight, boy, when you're standing in that tunnel. I mean, because you're staring at that guy. And when I was walking in with him, I was looking at the other guy, too. And I was like, whoa. It's we're fixing to fight, man, and everyone That's around true. is. I mean, when that crowd, it's just like when we were growing up, man. After school, if there was a fight going down, it's that same energy, man. But these guys can get it on, dude. And oh yeah, that's why like the guys who say they'd fight anybody for a million dollars, they're they're full of shit. They have no idea what they're talking about. It's like that's why I the whole Hollywood scene, all these pussies out in Hollywood drive me crazy, man. These guys that support all this other bullshit but don't support our troops. Yeah. You know, let me tell you what. When shit goes down, those are the fucking pussies that are going to be the first ones, you know, fucking crying and running to somebody to protect them. <laughs> uh, what's Bill? Is Bill Maher? Bill Maher's going to go protect this fucking country? You know what I mean? The, the, <laughs> This fucking guy's gonna go predict. I have so much respect for you guys that have gone out and fought for this country and protected my little punk ass so I can sit over here and live my life that I live. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I, I have always supported, I will continue to support, and I will always support as long as I'm alive. I have so much respect for you guys and, and what you have done and what you have sacrificed and, and just some of these fucking cowards in this country can never even begin to imagine. Uh, we appreciate yeah. that, yeah, man, thank and thank you so much. I mean, that means a ton mm. coming from you. And and as you know, you've you've talked to enough of us. You've been around, man. Your the UFC provides us with just uh, endless uh, source of entertainment and excitement. We relate to now it. They train you, us, man. Right? The fighters oh, come. No, they're down training. I, I know, the, man. And, you, and you, you let right some now, of your fighters come train. One of my men, the kids I mentored, just went through. There's three UFC fighters down yeah. there training. So we appreciate it. I want to switch gears a little bit because what. One of the things that when you, you know, as you're in the fight and you you grind it out, you you learn all the jobs, but then you get to the successful point, you know, I think there's a misconception that you gotta, you know, that there's a plateau and then you stay there and you can just chill or relax or whatever. But that's when you gotta fight even harder and push even more. Can you describe what that means for you? And then, and then relate it to what you're doing right now in the Mayweather-McGregor fight and, and doing the, one of the biggest sporting events in history. Absolutely. I, I mean, th th first of all, you hear the cliche all the time, but it's the absolute truth. Once you get to the top, then it's even harder. It's, it, it, it's so true. Once you're at top, there's only one way to go, and that's down, man. So once you get to the top, you have to be, you know, just as good, just as hungry, just as willing to work hard um, to, 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 to hold the position on top. And it's whether you're uh, a business, you know, and you're the best at what you do, whether you're a fighter and you're the, you're the best at what you do. When you're a fighter, everybody starts picking you apart. Everybody starts studying you. Everybody starts training every day mm. just to beat you. And uh, that's when you have to be on top of your game. And again, there is no reward without risk. Conor McGregor is the king of that. If you look at Conor McGregor, this guy is the biggest star in the UFC. He's going to go fight Floyd Mayweather at Floyd Mayweather's game, right? <laughs> if yeah. Floyd, May yeah. Floyd Mayweather does not have the balls 
at all or the willingness to take a risk to come into the UFC and fight Conor McGregor. He would never do that. That fight would be over in 30 seconds and he knows it. Conor McGregor is risking everything to Mm. go into Floyd's world and fight Floyd at his own game. Holy shit. Talk about never quit, man. I mean, that's it right there. Uh, Conor McGregor, I call him the unicorn. There's nobody like him in the fight game. I'm telling you, there isn't. And uh, he's, he's a special individual. And uh, this guy has done everything he said he will do. And you know what he told me and told the rest of the world? He will knock Floyd Mayweather out in two weeks. You say he's a special individual. Why? Well, Can you elaborate pri- on he's that? He's a definite prize. I mean, they're prize fighters, right? Just the skill of being a pugilist to get in there and throw your bones around is one thing. Man, that gift of gab, that mental he, tough, just that whole concept, exactly. the flash. He's got the whole package, man. man. He, he, first of all, he's, he's great to listen to and talk. You know, he's the best ever when it comes to mental warfare on another fighter. Then when he gets inside the octagon, you know, he will fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. Guys fall out in three, four days, he'll fight anybody. No fighter, they'll all talk. <laughs> but when it comes down to an opponent falling out in four days, They'll pull out of the fight. They don't want to risk. They don't want to take the risk. I haven't trained for this guy. I don't know. Connor will fight anybody. Then the Floyd Mayweather stuff starts, and he's stepping into Floyd's world to fight him on, uh, at his own game. It's incredible. They're good at what they do, but you are too, man, to have made that happen. That's a big push on, on the back well, end, talk too. talk about a risk for you guys as well, I mean, too. Exactly. Thank cause, you. Cause yeah, Tony yeah. came over. Back in the day, yeah, right, yeah, right. Tony that, came that, over. That is huge, man. That's UFC. That's all of us stepping into the the ground fighters into the boxing world, man. That's and they're that's but they seem the like they everybody. seem like they're a little snobbish, Danny. Like uh, that they've had this, they're so protected, and now it You're what so what right. they what what's happening is these thugs, these knuckle draggers, these heathens, these you know what he's <laughs> just. These lower right. than low. Right. These mixed martial yeah. arts guys. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've always snubbed us. And let me tell you what. When I talk about risk and reward, right, huge risk for Connor to go in here. But the reward is obviously he's going to make a shitload of money on this thing. But the real reward is when he knocks out Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. greatest upset in the history of sports, and he is the biggest athlete on this fucking planet. <laughs> I love that. I love that, man. And can you just so for our listeners who may not understand is where where was Conor McGregor five years ago? Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago, Conor McGregor was fighting in small events in Ireland um, and was trying to make ends meet. Um, we're putting out this 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 video where Conor McGregor his tweets from five years ago. All the things he was tweeting that were going to happen. Dana White, you're going to see me and you're going to find me. You're going to bring me into the UFC. I'm going to be a two-time world champion. I'm going to beat this guy, this guy, and that guy. Um, you should see the stuff that he was saying five years ago. It's incredible. Now, when, when, when do you, I mean, obviously, I know I watch that. I love it. I mean, it gives me energy. It doesn't, is it, because I know the magnitude of this. There's a tremendous amount of pressure I mean, this is the biggest pugilistic event in human history. How do you manage all that? How do you, is it with the same, I'm going to wake up and fucking kick ass every day? Or, man, what do you do to just get pumped up to bring this thing to fruition? Because it, it, it couldn't have been easy. 
first of all, the last thing you need is more energy. <laughs> Second of all, uh, it fires me up. Yeah. I can't tell you. Yeah. I watch the videos of you guys out there, and I swear I'm screaming at my screen like, yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, I just, I love it. I love the fight game. It's what I've always loved since I was a kid. Um, and I'm just as passionate about it now as I was ever. And, um, and that's just my mentality. When I get out of work every, every, every day, when I get up out of bed, I go to the gym, I work out, then I come into the office and, uh, and, and I'm just ready. I'm ready to win. I'm ready to win every day. And winning means whatever needs to be won around here that day. Um, you know, I, and, and I, <clears throat> I look at everybody as competition on Saturday, I have to get you guys, your wife is competition for me. I have to get you to not take her out on Saturday night and stay home and watch a fight. Whatever the next big movie is that's coming out, uh, I, I compete with that. I compete with whatever you guys have to do on Saturday wow. night. Wow. Hey, that's no joke. You need to see what goes on behind the scenes. That's the craziest part about it. Like he, when he says he started at the bottom cleaning the buckets and all that, man, well, somebody else still has to do that. And behind the scenes, I mean, it is it, – Looks like chaos and madness from the way in. I mean, he's got to be in charge of the fighters, the celebrities, right? I oh. mean, just deal with them down there in the pit, getting them to sit wherever they want to sit. And then well, this guy's in the wrong one. Then you got whatever going on and dealing with the <laughs> fighters. And then obviously the crowd, when they're coming in, they get jacked up, man. And it runs smooth. It's the greatest show it's, on it, earth. It you are that, putting on job. the greatest show on earth, bro. And that's just awesome. Thank awesome. you, guys. It, I appreciate it. But But you know what's true? What's true is when, when we're talking about being the guy that cleans the buckets, everybody starts somewhere. No, nobody, you know, is born, uh, you know, into knowing everything about everything. You either, even if you go to school, right? Let's say you go to Harvard and you graduate with honors fr from Harvard. You still have to start somewhere. You still have to learn and start from the bottom and work your way to the top. And if you can figure out something that you love so much, you would do it for free. Then you just got to get out there and figure out a way to make a living at it. You get out there, you start at the bottom, you learn everything about it. You get up every day out of bed ready to kick ass and to win. I just see so many people these days that, uh, I'm going to get into real estate. Then they get into real estate and they think that they're just going to start selling fucking 400 houses a month and, and it's going to be great. No, you have to get out of bed and work every day. Everybody wants to jump out of bed and do real estate because they think it's easy. Nothing in life is easy. Everything is hard. Everything is a battle. And you got to get up every fucking day and fight for your life every day. Love it. That's it. That's all <laughs> there is to it right there, brother. When you boil it down. It is. And Dana, one more time, man, before we, we let you go here, we, we really just want to say thank you to you and what you've done for the industry, for the world, and, and pulling the UFC the into sport. what it is. For, the, for sport. For sport itself, you have changed the face of – of, of pugilistic sports and man we are so grateful for your energy your kick-ass attitude and your commitment to this man uh, we just thank you and thank you for sharing with our our audience brother and I want to thank you for protecting this country and allowing guys like me and many others who do what they do and love what they do to be able to do it uh, and be safe. Our families be safe. And uh, much respect, much love. I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate guys like you. Awesome. Well, thank you, That's sir. Gracious. Well, good luck this weekend, man. Keep it up. And we're, we're pulling for oh, Connor. Can't wait. God bless you. Pulling for you, brother. God bless you. 
Thank you. Have a great day, boys. Yeah. Take care. Oh. Brother, I tell you what, if that isn't one of the most zero foxtrot guys I've ever met in my life, dude, I don't know what it is, man. It was interesting watching you two guys go go at it with, with the tempo. Even he was like, I don't know if you get much much more fired up than you are. And, and I was like, damn, Dana, brother, yeah. You know, you're in that realm too. Oh, bro, you heard it. Yeah. He just started clicking, clicking, clicking. And and I loved what he talked about too with Connor saying, uh, you know, he'll fight anyone at any time. I mean, that's bold, right? I mean, would you, like for us, I think that's about That's ex- like extreme moxie swagger that, well, remember when we talked to Pat McNamara just recently? Oh. That was a big part of his recipe for success and improvement. Believing carrying yourself as though you can accomplish anything. And that's what I heard. I mean, I think Conor McGregor is probably a very extreme example of that. I mean, he's the ultimate But that's what I thought of when he mentioned him. That, that's a good analogy. I mean, I, Pat did say that. I mean, he was like, but, hey, hey. Let me tell you something. Both them, Floyd Mayweather is, is, the, is the best at it, too. There's a reason he's been around for a long time, 49 or 59 and 0, and... Oh, bro, money he's team. one of the best the, fighters of hell, all time. Absolutely. Prize fighter. That guy can stir anybody up, man. And then you get McGregor coming in from the other side. So the, the it's, this is this big deal. It's massive. What I think is so yeah, interesting. This is, that, this is finally like a proof of MMA and boxing head-to-head. Real time, here are two of the top dogs in the game, and they're going to they're gonna go at it. Thinking of that, back to where UFC started, like before Dana... Uh, and the the brothers got involved in in purchasing it and converting it into like a legitimate sport from what it was originally, which was from what I understand, it was almost more of a uh, the, the, the age old question yeah, of like yeah. age old question of who would win between kung fu and a boxer yeah. or yeah. Was. the boxer versus the fighter, the jujitsu versus the whatever sumo wrestler. Right. Versus, you know? No, I remember first one. Well, I remember when Gracie won because everybody's like, wait a minute. <laughs> What yeah. just happened? <laughs> Why is this <laughs> dude? Chemo this came place? dragging that cross in there right? on his back, man, and just just the that first UFC it was man it was awesome. <laughs> it was epic. But but like to your point, the conversion, the from... conversion into the legitimized one of the most fastest growing viewer sports in the world, man. Like you you watch you look you go look at the stuff that's going on overseas in Europe and the crowds they're getting at these stadiums and I mean it's blowing up around the world. So I think you know the concept that he really that really stuck to me is taking risks. And in your life and in saying, "Hey, I've always wanted to be a part of that." Or, "Man, that's really fascinating to me and and man, that sounds so cool, but I could never do that. I could never be a part." And not being afraid of taking advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. Which is huge. Which is clearly, I mean, we didn't get in quite to the depth of that, but we know that, you know, Dana, as, as he talked about, he learned kind of the whole game. And he was there when he got himself an opportunity and saw that, you know, this is possible if I find the financing, that we could buy the UFC. And he just, he took advantage of that opportunity where a lot of people, well, a lot of people would have found an excuse not to take that risk. That's kind of the human condition, right? And that's what we're on the show to help people realize. 
man, it's just one of them deals where we've heard it over and over again. If you want to do something, you want to be something, go, go there where everybody else is doing it and just stand around it and just start watching. Right. It starts even with just that. Ask, ask, yeah. Ask that guy to help you out. If he says, oh, no, yeah. there's somebody else who does ask them. Basically somebody's going to pony up. If you bother him enough, right? The squeaky tire gets the grease and you hear these guys who come in and have to start at the bottom like that, who become the greatest. Because they just worked their way through all of that. They didn't and, and take it's no. Not, it's not. It's not the guy you thought would come in there or whatever. It's man. All of a sudden, well, who is this? And he's just come to find out. Been here forever. Knows everything about a little mm-hmm. bit about everything. I love the concept of he went and found the guy he had the most respect for Peter in Welsh. the yep, in Boston, and he said, "Will you mentor me?" I don't think enough people out there have that focus in their lives, right? They're so focused on the monumental task of, of, you know, overcoming the doubt, the fear that they don't realize you need that assistance. You need the God. So to come up into to that one person, whoever it may be, and what's your dream or your purpose you think is going to be and mm-hmm. say, listen, wizard, man, will you mentor me? Will you teach me everything you know about this? In the hopes that they say yes. And, and uh, you know, if they don't, go find the next guy who says. It's basically the same thing you do for everything mm-hmm. else. If you're educated, you go into school, you, you, you chase that university to get you this education. There's, it's no different than chasing out a, an individual to teach you a skill set, especially if they've mastered it. And we're talking, not talking about being a doctor or anything like right, that. Like, right. oh, uh, my neighbor was a great heart surgeon, man. We used to chin wank after work. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about that, uh, yeah. but there's it's kind of the um, was back in the day, man. The, the master craftsman and the, the apprentice. apprentice, right? Oh, bro, we were talking man. about last night. Remember, we yeah. were talking about when you find that one team guy that you relate to, and then they give it to you, and then you feel the responsibility to pass it on down. You know, I and that's what I love about that. But that in and of itself. In and of itself is taking a risk too. Yeah, I see. That there's I, th- I see. There's only two reasons why I think people don't take more advantage of that, and one is they don't understand the huge power of the lever of leveraging someone else's experience who's already been there. Amen. Right? Or two, they're intimidated and afraid to reach out to these people, and I think people doing that, they're going to find those experts or those people with that experience are a lot more amenable. To saying yes, oh, I'll help you. I'll do that for you. I you just gotta approach him and ask. What do you have to lose? I think you're right on. I, you know, I, I yeah. What are we gonna say? No. So what? Yeah, they say no. Nope. I well, mean, okay. you're gonna be embarrassed. Who cares? They're probably never right. gonna remember. Why would you? I mean, just try again. Go back and go like, find like every the next day. person. Okay, exactly. Right? And I think there's a huge component, like you're saying, within the human condition that generally decent people, people who've experienced hardship or pain. Or, you know, had to sacrifice and so they want to share that experience. They might not mm-hmm. want to do it on a on a, one of the top podcasts in the world, but what they want to do is share it in a meaningful way with somebody that is has gratitude in their hearts and, and will take the information and apply it in a meaningful way. In I, my experience. Me too. You? Mm. Wow. Absolutely. Well, listen, I mean, again, such an amazing thing. If you're... If you're listening to this show and this is your first time with us on on the TNQ podcast, thank you so much. Again, you know, uh, I hope hopefully you were you weren't distracted or offended in any way, shape, or form about the language on this show. Uh, it's it's not typical, but 
you know, Dana's being himself, and, and we love that about Dana. Um, hopefully you heard the meaningful stuff that was coming out of his mouth. And let that's what resonates in your soul. That's what stirs up and starts to apply that fuel, that fire in your gut that will help you start to develop your never quit mentality or mindset. If you're coming back, you're regular, we love you. Awesome to have you back, man. We just couldn't do this without you. You're the reason we're here. You're the mission, right? When the three of us to get together, we talk about bringing people like Dana White. We talk about Pat McNamara. You're the reason we're thinking about it, is to apply some knowledge to, to your life to help you overcome adversity and, and, and stay in the fight. I mean, a lot of times we talk so much about, right, recovering from the fight, but I think really this one it's apparent that if you know if you want to explore that never quit mentality, get in the fight. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, all right. On that note, I, I'm going to finish out with my typical thanks. I want to thank God and thank Christ. I want to thank my beautiful girls. I want to thank uh, Dana for coming on. I want to thank uh, all the people, all our listeners, man. Obviously, you're amazing human beings. We really hope... And appreciate that you uh, take this information and, and improve your lives. Uh, and I want to thank the two of you guys not for so many different things. One, for your commitment to be fighters for this country. Uh, two, for your commitment to do this with me and to do it for a bigger and a higher purpose. And just, you know, three, for just being who you are, man, being my friend. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, buddy. That was fun having him on. I enjoyed that. Especially taking the time during the fight, coming out and, and promoting it. Biggest, <clears throat> biggest sporting, biggest fight yeah. in history. Yeah, that was, that was cool, man. Thank you. Dana, thanks for coming on. And for everybody who keeps bringing us back, it's it's truly a blessing, man. I, I can't put it into words. And to the wife for letting us do this, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I got, man. And again, thank y'all. I'm out. Out. Never quit. Team never quit. Team never quit radio.